This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. Uncle Remus by Joel Chandler Harris. Volume 4. Saying Number 10. A Case of Measles. "'You've been looking like you were rather under the weather for the past week or two, Uncle Remus,' said a gentleman to the old man. "'You'd be sort of puny, too, boss, if you'd have been where I've been.' "'Where have you been?' "'Pear to me like everybody done ye about that. There ain't no old nigger my age and size that's had no rattling her time than I is.' "'A kind of picnic?' "'Go long, boss!' What you spec I'd be doin' sailin' round at these year colored picnics? Much more'n I wouldn't make bread by workin' for it, let alone followin' up a passel of boys and gals all over curation. Boss, ain't you here about it show sure enough? I haven't really. What was the matter? I got strucken with a sickness, and she hit this old nigger a Joe daughter for sure before she turned him loose. What kind of sickness? It looks sort of curious, boss, but old and steady as I is, I took and caught the measles. Oh, get out! You're trying to get up a sensation. It's a natural fact, boss. I declare to gracious if it ain't. They sort of come on with a cold like. Well, leastways, that's how I commence for to suffer. And then her cough got straddled at coal. One of these here coughs, what looks like it goes to the foundation. I kept on lingering round, sort of keepin' one eye on the rheumatiz, and the other on the distemper, twill by-and-by I begin for the field to tress work give way, and then I just knowed that I was going to get a racket. I slipped into bed one Tuesday night, and I never slip out no more for mighty nigh on a month. Next morning the measles done covered me, and then if I didn't get dosted by the old woman like a Chinese. She give me back rations of sassafras tea. I just naturally hankered and got hungry after water, and every time I sing out for water, I got boiling hot sassafras tea. It got so that when I wake up in the morning, the old woman just come along with a kittle of tea and fill me up. They tells me round town that chillins don't get hurted with the measles, which if they don't, I want to be a baby the next time they hits this place. All this year measles business is brand new to me. In old times, for the war, I ain't here tellin' no seventy-five-year-old nigger grapplin' with no measles. They ain't catchin' no more, is they, boss? Oh, no, I suppose not. Cause if they is, you can just put my name down with the migration niggers. End of the saying. Saying number eleven, The Emigrants. When Uncle Remus went down to the passenger depot one morning recently, the first sight that caught his eye was an old negro man, a woman, and two children sitting in the shade near the door of the baggage-room. One of the children was very young, and the quartet was altogether ragged and forlorn-looking. The sympathies of Uncle Remus were immediately aroused. He approached the group by forced marches, and finally unburdened his curiosity. "'Where's you wandering on ter, pard?' The old negro, who seemed to be rather suspicious, looked at Uncle Remus coolly, 
and appeared to be considering whether he should make any reply. Finally, however, he stretched himself and said, "'We are going down to the neighborhoods of Tallapoosey, and we ain't making no fuss about it, neither.' "'I disremember,' said Uncle Remus thoughtfully, "'where Tallapoosey is.' "'Oh, it's out there, yonder,' replied the old man, motioning his head as if it were just beyond the iron gates of the depot. "'It's down in Alabama. When we get there, maybe we'll go on twelve gets to Mississippi.' "'Is you got any folks out there?' inquired Uncle Remus. "'None did I knows of. "'And you were taking dis woman and these chillin out there where they don't know nobody? "'Where's your provisions?' eyeing a chest with a rope around it. "'Dems are bedclothes,' the old negro explained, noticing the glance of Uncle Remus. "'All de vittles what we got we et fore we started.' "'And you spect for to reach there safe and sound? Where's your ticket?' "'Ain't got none. The man says how they passes through. I give a man a five-dollar bill fore I left Jonesboro, and he said that settled it.' "'Let me tell you this,' said Uncle Remus, straightening up indignantly. "'You go and rob somebody and get on the chain-gang, and let the woman scratch round and make out her living. But don't you get on them cars.' Don't you do it. Your best hope is to chain-gang. You can make your living there when you can't make it nowheres else. But don't you get on them cars. If you do, you are gone, nigger. If you ain't got no money for to walk back with, you just better build your nest right here. I'm a-talkin' with the bark on. I done see these yer Arkansas emigrants come lopin' back and some of em don't have rags enough on em for to hide their nakedness. You leave dat box right where she is, and let the woman take one young one, and you take the other one, and then you get in the middle of the big road and pull out for the place where you come from. I'm a-preachin' now. Those who watched say the quartet didn't take the cars. End of the saying. Saying number 12. As a murderer. Uncle Remus met a police officer recently. "'You ain't here talkin' no dead nigger nowhere this morning, is you, boss?' asked the old man earnestly. "'No,' replied the policeman, reflectively. "'No, I believe not. Have you heard of any?' "'Pears unto me that I come mighty nigh gettin' some news about that size, and that's what I'm a-huntin' fur. Because if they are found a stray nigger layin' round loose, with his breath gone, and I want to go home and get my breakfast and put on some clean clothes, and deliver myself up to one of these yer justices of the peace, and get a fair trial. Why, have you killed anybody? That's what I'm acquiring into now, but I wouldn't be as astonished if I ain't laid a nigger out somewheres on the suburbs. It's done got so it's again the law for to bust loose and kill a nigger, ain't it, boss? Well, I should say so. You don't mean to tell me that you have killed a colored man, do you? I speck I is, boss. I speck I done gone and done it this time, sure. It's been sort of growin' on me, and it come to a head this mornin', unless my name ain't Remus, and that's what they've been a-callin' me since I was old enough for to scratch myself with my left hand. Well, if you've killed a man, you'll have some fun, sure enough. How was it? It was this way, boss. 
I was layin' in my bed this mornin', sort of ruminatin' round, when the first news I knowed I hear a fuss among the chickens, and then my bristles riz. I done a had lots of trouble with dem chickens, and when I years one of em squall, my very shoes come untied. So I sort of riz up and retch from my old musket, and then I crope out at the back door, and what do you reckon I seed? I couldn't say. I seed the biggest, blackest nigger that you ever laid eyes on. He shined like the paint on him was fresh. He had done grabbed four of my forwardest pullets. I crope up nigh the door, and hollered and axed him how he was a-gettin' on, and then he broke. And as he broke, I jammed a gun in the small of his back and banged a loose. He let out a yell like forty yaller cats a-courtin', and then he broke. You ain't seed no nigger hump himself like dat nigger. He tore down de well shelter and four panels of fence, and de ground looked like one of these year hurricanes had lit there and fanned up de yeath. Why, I thought you killed him. He bleeds to be dead, boss. Ain't I put de gun right on him? Seemed like I feel him give way when she went off. Was the gun loaded? That's what my old woman say. She had powder in their show, but I disremember whether I put the buckshot in, and whether I left them out. Leastways, I'm going to call on one of these here justices. So long, boss. End of the saying.